Hey, I'm glad y'all are here today. Um, God's doing something awesome in our life in Meadowbrook Church. And uh, historically, churches tend to surge in attendance first of the year, January, back, you know, New Year's, and then back to school time. And I don't know what's going on, but all fall, we've just been growing and growing and growing. November, setting some new high levels, and, and that's an awesome thing. So let's just don't mess it up, okay? Just don't mess it up. And church days affect the rest of our days, and I think you understand that. And uh, I almost blew it yesterday, though, because uh, just about every day I post something on Facebook and, and Twitter. And after lunch, I got this witty idea. I said, oh, this would be awesome, you know, in my own mind. How many of you know sometimes things in your own mountain are like... Awesome, you know, and uh, uh, I was the kid. I'd play baseball in the yard by myself, you know, Gilligan up to bat again, <sighs> you know, was, but anyway, this was in my mind. And so I, I posted it and, and uh, some of y'all may have seen it. Hopefully you saw it in the corrected form, but I put multiple choice. Just wanted to get people thinking about getting to church. Multiple choice. Tomorrow is, and then I put a, my only day off B the Lord's day, see a great day to watch reruns on TV. And then I put correct answer C. And I, and I posted it and then I started getting all these messages from people. So I'm glad y'all saw, saw the corrected one and you're not home watching, watching TV. So I almost blew that one. Hey, real quick, before we get into the word, I want to take just a couple minutes and talk to you about Meadowbrook Christmas Live, um, because, yeah, I want to talk about the heart of it, okay, the heart of it, um, because it's, it's like anything else. If you don't know why you're doing it, then you can really miss out on, the, on the, the real riches of what is going on. And I think the whole history of the church, honestly, we've done something at, at Christmas. Alicia and I, our, our background is musical, and so we've always done something. And the uh, first year, we just loaded up some people and went and sang at, at nursing homes. And, and then each year, we've just done something musical. And then it's grown and grown and grown. And, and probably about the last uh, eight years or so, it's really went to a whole nother level of uh, Meadowbrook Christmas Live. And, um, you know, many of you have been a part of that. And it's just continued to just be a, an awesome thing. And part of our heart was we wanted to make it a, a community tradition, you know, so that people, you know, from... Other churches or not churches at all could come and, and be a part of it. And let me tell you why. Because we as believers, we as those who follow Jesus, this is what we think about Christmas. We believe it's a celebration. You got to know what you're celebrating. It's a celebration of the entrance of our Savior into our world. Think about that. It's the entrance of our Savior into our world. And we celebrate that. I'm going to start a series next week that will go all through December called Greatest Story Ever. Greatest Story Ever. And some people think Christmas is the greatest thing. No, it's really not. It's just part of it. It's just one of the chapters. And, and we'll visit it around Christmas time. But we celebrate that. Well, guess what? The world also celebrates. But the, cel- the world has kind of forgotten what they're celebrating. So Christmas for the world, I don't know, in stores they start putting out stuff like right after Valentine's Day. You know, for... <laughs> for Christmas, you know, and buy it now. And it's just like earlier and earlier and, and, and just crazy that way. And the world is all over the map as far as what they're, they're celebrating. And now, you know, the big push is for us to not say Christmas. And I want to say, what are you afraid of? But, um, 
hey, don't, don't, don't sweat. If people say, well, we, we don't say Christmas around here. We say holiday. No big deal because holiday actually means holy day. So either way, we're good. Okay. So Christmas, holy day, we're good. But what we want to do, uh, and, and we continue to tweak and shift some things, and you're going to see some shifts. That the musical excellence, the production value, all of that is just completely off the charts and off the chain. It's just going to be powerful that way. But here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create a couple of events that we can get people to come, where they go to church, don't go to church, used to go to church, never been to church. Whatever their deal is, is for them to come in, and we're going to do a thing called the funnel. Everybody say funnel. How many of you know what a funnel is? How many of you are still get in the kitchen from time to time? Okay. Or the, or the gas station. You know, you've got, you've got this funnel. And what we're, we'll have traditional aspects and childlike things, and you're going to get that Christmas twinge and do, and do all of that. It's just going to be amazing. But then what we're doing very strategically, very intentionally, is we're drawing it down from all this into a more sacred and very, very focused point. So that everybody will get the point. Everybody will see. And it's going to be done in such a way, you will not be embarrassed to bring anybody. You'll be cranked to bring somebody. And it takes a whole lot of people, money, everything else to make this happen. We've got business sponsors. You're buying tickets. We keep the ticket prices really low. And so you can do this. So that you can invest in some people and you can invite some people. They'll thank you. They'll thank you. And we have globs of people that are in the church now, and their first invite to the church was Meadowbrook Christmas Live. And so uh, I'm not up here to sell tickets. I'm up here to just tell you the heart of it, the importance of that. And I want you to be praying too, okay? Be praying because there's a whole lot of people involved. We want them to stay healthy and uh, all of those things to come together. So you be praying. Go ahead and put that on your prayer list. And, uh, and I do have to tell you that tickets are flying out, okay? So you don't want to waste any time on that because it's coming up, I think, 13th, 14th, 15th. There's a Friday night, two on Saturday, and then one on Sunday night. And uh, it's going to be an awesome thing. And we want to do it. Bottom line, I want to glorify, glorify God and celebrate the gift the entrance of Jesus, our Savior, into our world. Amen? All right. Well, let's dive into the Word today. And uh, we're going to finish up just a little two-part series on a grateful heart. hope you've got one. In Psalm 100 verse, uh, 106, verse 1, it says, Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for or because... Oh, come on, I need help today. Because He is what? Because he is good. That's why we thank him for his mercy endures forever. And Psalm 92, 1 says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. It's good. It's right. It's fitting. It's proper. But it's also good for us uh, when we thank him. And that's because of the benefit of thanksgiving in our life, what it, what it does for us. This week, we're going to celebrate a holiday called Thanksgiving. I like this one. I like this one. It's all about Thanksgiving. Most people get off work. We get to eat a lot and repeatedly. And there's going to be parades and, and football and food and then naps. And then guess what? And then we eat some more, you know, and so that's it's a, that's a pretty good one. But don't get stuck on this. Thanksgiving for us is not just a holiday. It is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And I just want to break this word down for us here that Thanksgiving is actually thanks 
giving. Thanksgiving, that means we're, we're giving thanks. Are, you, are y'all following me? Is this too hard? Do I need to slow down? Uh, we're giving thanks. And it needs to not just be a holiday. It needs to be, as I said, a lifestyle for us. Because listen to me. If gratitude is missing in your life, in your person, who you are, if gratitude is missing, then you have a deficiency that's going to create a condition. Okay? If you had a vitamin deficiency, a nutritional deficiency, it, it can cause a condition in you. And if gratitude is missing, if you're deficient in the giving of thanks in your life, it will create a condition, and it's a dangerous condition. And here's what the condition is. Hardness of heart. Hardness of heart. We get jaded. We get calloused. And because we're not giving thanks, wonderful things can happen right around us, and we miss them. We miss them. And guess who's most susceptible to it? We are. We are. We're so blessed in our country. We're so blessed where we're at. We're so blessed in this church. And we have holy moments and God does awesome things for us. And if we don't value those things properly, if we don't respond to those things properly, listen to me. If something just glides by you that was wonderful and holy and good and we don't value that and respond to that properly, guess what starts to happen to you? It sets in almost immediately hardness of heart. Hardness of heart. And then you'll just sit in church and you'll be quiet and you'll look at me like you are right now. Okay, I'm messing with you, but we got it. We got it. We've got to get this here today. Proverbs, and, and, and regarding our heart, Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else. Everybody say above all else. Oh. That, that means it's more important. Okay. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Last week we saw in the gospels, the 10 lepers. And remember that they saw Jesus coming and they met him on his way. And they had to keep their distance and they called out with a loud voice and they said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And he said, go show yourself to the priest, which, which in essence was to say, he will declare you clean. You, you go, you ask me, I'll give you my mercy. You go and he'll declare you clean as they were going. Everybody say, as they were going. So as they were going, they were healed. The scripture said, and one leper. Now, let's break the stats on this one, okay? That means one out of ten, only 10% of people typically are, are thankful, thankful, living at the level of gratitude that they need to. And this one, when he realized what happened to him, and here's the pattern, here's the practice for us. He did what? He turned around and came back. Everybody say that. He turned around. And he came back. And that's what you and I need to do in our life. That when we realize, as we're going and we realize, oh, God has done something for me. So to speak, we need to turn around and come back. We need to stop and think. And and, and remember this about gratitude. It definitely needs to be to God, but it also needs to be to others. It needs to be to people. Okay? So we're talking about that. We're talking this way and we're talking that way. But when you realize, wow, wow, God has done something good for you. God has been good to you, you need to turn around and come back, so to speak. Are you following me so far? Bob your head. Okay, good deal. Now, here's what I want you to, to realize with that. You don't just think your thanks. You don't just think your thanks. You say it and you show it. You say it and you show it. And here's the big point that I want us to get. And I shared it with you last week. We're going to share it this week. And you better pay attention because it will be on your test on Friday. <laughs> Giving of thanks. I'm going to say it a couple times and we'll say it together. Giving of thanks makes you keenly aware. Every word counts here. Giving of thanks makes you keenly aware of God's active presence, goodness, and power in your life. 
I'm going to say it again. I want you to think about it. Giving of thanks makes you keenly aware of God's active presence, power, and goodness in your life. And guess what? The inverse is true also. If you're not giving thanks, you won't be aware. You'll miss how active God really is in your life. So I want you to say this with me. Giving of thanks makes me keenly aware of God's active presence, goodness, and power in my life. And so we've got to make sure that we are constant in this of giving of thanks. It is said that the last step before rebellion is ingratitude. The last step before rebellion is ingratitude. I shared with you last week, and we've talked about it before, the difference between being spoiled and being blessed is being grateful. And that's why we need to teach our children the first law of courtesy, which is to give thanks. Y'all with me? We need to teach our kids, but guess what else? We all need to go back to school too. We all need to go back to school on that as well and learn this, that the difference between being spoiled or blessed is being grateful. And the same things can come into your life, but if you're not grateful, then you're going to end up spoiled. And that's why Alicia and I did this with our children. And we try to, you know, even I'm, I'm trying to do it with you this morning. We'll say it to our children. Like I told you last week, stop and get them a happy meal. And they're munching away and you're driving along and I hear nothing but munching. I'll say, and the thankful children said, oh, thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. You know, and that's got to be part of your life. And I pray my voice will come back to you, haunt you. And the thankful guy said, the thankful girl, you know, and that needs to be in our life. When you catch it, when you see it, you need to turn around and come back. Well, here's where I wanted to go today, and we're going to spend a little bit of time on this, and then we'll wrap up. We've had two wonderful services this morning. Here's, here's where we're going today. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you what I told you. So hopefully you'll get it. Look for the little and give thanks. Let's close in prayer. Look for the little. And give thanks. Everybody say, look for the little. And give thanks. You got to look for the little. Now listen to me. and uh, We're going to get into this here. Shame on us. Shame on us. That the only time really we can be grateful is when it's something huge. That the only time we jump around and scream or smile or whatever is when it's something massive and huge. Some big breakthrough or some big thing happened in our life. And then... And then we show gratitude. And I just want to say on our culture and on us, shame on us. And it's a product of, and I want to get my whole list here. It's a product of our empty, shallow, hollow, selfish, entitled, spoiled consumer culture. There, I just wanted to get that out. That we got to have bigger. We got to have bigger. We got to have better. Because we're so desensitized by things that it has to be more. We won't even notice it. Let alone give thanks for it. For example, birthday parties. Now, we did this for Miss Kathleen. She's 104. But when I was a kid, and mind you, this was last century. But when I was a kid for a birthday party, if you had cake and ice cream, are we rich now? 
or cake and ice cream and two friends <sighs> and play pin the tail on the donkey? Are you kidding me? And then, well, we didn't do it. A girl down the street did. I didn't get invited, but I rode my bike past it. But um, <laughs> they rented a pony for all the little kids to, to ride. <sighs> Fast forward to today. I don't watch this show. I don't even watch this, this channel. Honestly, I don't. MTV has a thing called My Super Sweet 16. I did a bit of a little research on it, and it's for some 16. They're turning 16 years old, and their, their parents obviously have a lot of money. But I just hate the signal that it's sending to our, to our culture. And I researched all of this. All of this I'm about to tell you is true, that they'll have guest lists of 300, uh, unlimited budget, pick everybody up in limos, have helicopter rides. One actually uh, had a roller coaster assembled on the estate property. Uh, put out there for them. Um, they sometimes, some of the young girls will allow them to have cosmetic surgeries for their birthday. And then one, and this, this happened on there too, I didn't, I didn't see it but read about it, that a girl stomped her feet, threw a fit after all this, and she's just been given something, I'll tell you in just a moment, stomped her feet, told her parents she hated them, and they said, why? And she goes, because I hate yellow Lamborghinis. Because they gave her a red one. I don't know if that's my child, I'd probably be in prison. <laughs> or something. And you know what that does? That I, I, I pray for a young lady like that because you know what? She's never, never going to be grateful. And our culture and our media puts out, out in front of us, you don't have that, you don't have that, you don't have that. Then... You know, and then, and then we end up not grateful. And you know what? We don't know. We don't know how to look for the little again. And we end up with hard hearts because we're, we're not grateful. Let's move it on to TV. And I'm not, I'm not against any of these shows. Matter of fact, I kind of mock them a little bit, but, um, the voice American idol dancing with the stars. They're so overly produced. I mean, overly produced. I mean, there's lights. There's laser, there's fog, there's graphics. The whole stage itself is like a screen with all kinds of video stuff going on. We've got pyrotechnics going off. There's marching bands, choirs, people on wires going across. The whole crowd is choreographed doing this stuff. And then you've got somebody up there with marginal talent and they're going, oh, 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 hear me roar. And it's just like, you know, <laughs> pathetic. And you've got all this over... Overkill production. And here's, here's my question. What are you going to do for the finale? We're going to have to ship in elephants, find a live pterodactyl. We're going to have to light something. I mean, what are you going to do? And our culture is just driving and driving and driving and pushing and pushing. It's got to be bigger because we don't feel it anymore. We're just numb. We're just desensitized. And I'll tell you what it is. It's hard hearts. And so I'm going to tell you again and look me in the eye for this one. Look. For the little. You'll save your life. Look for the little. And give thanks. Say it with me. Look for the little. And give thanks. Because we're out of place now in our culture. It takes a whole lot for us to even notice, let alone be impressed. 
And then we're not grateful. And so then hype is a big word. You know what hype is? Hype is trying to generate excitement and emotion, but there's no substance. Let that never come into the church. We should be excited and we should be emotional, but we have substance. We don't shout just because we have something to shout about. We don't just clap because, oh, we have something to clap about. We have something. about. But hype, hype is just a Stir it up and try to generate excitement and emotion. There's no substance to it. And our culture is getting hollowed out because of that kind of thing. And we've got to let it get back into us so that we don't have hard hearts. Look for the little and be thankful. Scripture often draws us to consider the little. In the Proverbs, he said to the sluggard, to the lazy guy, he said, consider the ant. That's pretty little. Consider the ant. All through Proverbs, there's all kinds of... uh, Little critters and little things that consider this, consider that. Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, consider the birds of the air. Consider the lilies of the field. Draw an attention to little things. I think we would do well to slow down and look at the little and give thanks. In First Kings, we see Elijah, the prophet. He's at Mount Horeb. And it says, the Lord passed before him. Follow this carefully. The Lord passed before him. And a strong wind came. And in the Hebrew language is strong. And it said that it tore into the mountain. That's some strong wind. And it ripped the rocks. That's some strong wind. But then it says this. But God was not in it. And then it says there was an earthquake. But God was not in it. And it said then there was fire. Literally it's a blaze. It's like a torching of fire. But God was not in it. And then it says. And follow this. It said then there was a still, small voice. And that's where God was. And I'm going to tell you, if you're looking for God only in the spectacular, you're going to miss him. Does he do spectacular? Absolutely. But it's spectacular. It's not constant. That's what makes it spectacular. But I'll say this before we finish today too. If you look for the little, you're going to find that the little is actually quite big. And let's make sure that we don't miss out on the little because here's what happens and you can't avoid it. You'll get hardness of heart. One time Jesus, the uh, Pharisees, numerous times, but this one time Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus and they said this to him, show us a sign. Show us a sign. Can I tell you what they were saying? Do something big. Do something big. And here's what he, here's what he said. And he's so put out with them. Did you, you do realize that while Jesus was here on the earth, he wasn't smiling the whole time. Do you know the people he was most put out with? Religious people. You know what was a mark of those religious people? Hard hearts. And here's, here's one of the things that, that happened. They said, show us a sign. And he said this to him. He said, I gave you a sign. He said, I gave you, and the Message Bible puts it this way, the Jonah sign. Can I tell you what, what that is without having to unpack all of that today? As Jonah was three days in the belly of the whale... So the son of man would be three days in the belly of the earth. So he was, he was drawing them to, the, to a, a great point in all of this. And, and they were obviously missing that. And then he said this to them. Get, get this now. He said, you always seek a sign. You've got to have something big. And he called him this. You're an evil and adulterous generation. But the thing that he did next spoke even louder. He turned on his heel. He did an about face right in front of him and walked straight off from them. 
because he's done so much. He's laid down all so much already. Show me a sign. And, you know, we may not be the Pharisees and the Sadducees, but sometimes we live in that sign business. And Christian television driving you toward all that kind of stuff. And we need to be careful in, in our own lives. It's not about hype. It's not about bigger, better. It's not, a, it's not about all those things. We've got to look for the little. Everybody say, look for the little. And I tell you, you'll, you'll find little. And then give thanks for those things. Let's look in Psalm 103, verse 2 in the Amplified. It says, bless. And y'all read along with me here. Bless affectionately. What's the next word here? Gratefully praise the Lord. I'll stop just for a moment here. Bless affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord. You know, we can come into service and say, okay, let's lift our hands. Let's thank the Lord. Let's do this. And you know what? You can go through the motions or you can do it that way where you affectionately and gratefully praise the Lord. It goes on to say this. Uh, oh, my soul. And get this part. And forget not. Help me. One of all. His benefits. He's saying, don't forget a single one of all his benefits. And how many of you know all his benefits aren't like the creation of the universe? How many you know he's got a lot of little things? Here, I got a little one for you that's massive. First John 1, 7. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Whew. That'll fix what ails you. Are y'all hearing me today? And that seems so little, oh, the forgiveness of sins. It's massive. It's massive what he does for us. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, gratefully, affectionately praise him. And don't forget a single one of all his benefits. Look for the little and give thanks. And listen to me, I'm warning you. Look for the little and give thanks or you'll harden your heart. You'll harden your heart. I want to give you a few symptoms of hardened heart. You'll get cynical. You'll get cynical. Tozer said that a thankful heart cannot be cynical. So you've got to stay grateful. You'll get cynical. Discontent. These are, these are symptoms. Check your symptoms here. WebMD. <laughs> Impatient. Competitive. Covetous. Entitled. Bored. Demanding. Calloused, spoiled, and you ready for this one? Depressed. These are all sign of a hard heart. Well, what's the remedy? What's the cure for the hard heart? Gratitude. Giving of thanks that you say it, that you show it, that you really start to recognize not just the big things, but you, you look for the little things. The children of Israel, they were at a place. How many of you know God was good to the children of Israel? How many of you know they were hard heads? How many of you know God's been good to us? How do you know sometimes we're a hard head? Okay. And he delivered them in such a dramatic way. I mean, my goodness, go back and read in Exodus. It is, it is incredible how he delivered them. And now they're out in the wilderness. They should see, they should see, okay, if he did this, and, and I'll give you something that's really been in my heart and mind lately. And it says, if God is in it at all, he'll show you the rest of it. If God is in it at all, he'll show you the rest of it. So it's like, okay, well, God, you led me here, but I, I'm not sure what's next or help me with it. Hey, if you realize in any degree God is with you, he will get you all the way through because he doesn't leave you and he doesn't forsake you. So 
He led them out. He delivered them in such a powerful way. And here's what they start doing. Whining and complaining. And they said, We're, we want some bread. And then he rained down miraculously manna. I mean, this is incredible. I'd be, I'd be hard, I would have a hard time getting to sleep the night before. It's like children all nestled in their beds. Visions of manna. Dancing in their head because God was going to do a miracle overnight and he was going to rain this again. Guess what? The next thing children of Israel said, we're tired of manna. Then they started with this. Read the Bible. Then it says, we want bottled water. (laughs) Well, that's not in there, but. And then they said, we want meat. That's where it was first said. Where's the beef? It's right there in the Bible. And you know what? God, God said you've got hard hearts. It's been said, he who forgets the language of gratitude can never be on speaking terms with happiness. Now, let me take it past just us missing. Okay? Look at the little. Look for the little. Give thanks. But if you miss that, you get a hard heart. And the hard heart, get this, because here's where we're in a real danger zone. The hard heart is fertile soil for all kinds of evil. Let's look in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. It says, because although they knew God, everybody say, I know God. No, you got to say it like I said, okay? I know God. Okay. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Watch these next three words. Nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. An unthankful heart is fertile soil for all kinds of evil. Look what happens here. They knew God. You told me you knew God. But if you stop glorifying God as God, and if you stop giving him thanks, are y'all with me, church? If you stop doing that, the Bible says you'll become futile in your thoughts. Become futile in your thoughts. In the Greek, that means this. You get off the right path. Get off the right path, which meant what? I was on the right path. Stay with me. I was on the right path, but I got off the right path. Quick survey here, informal, non-scientific. How many of you have gotten off the right path before? Could I, cause I, I'm going to wait here till I see every hand in this place. Okay. Now let's ratchet it up. Take it up in a, another level. How many of you have gotten off the right path before? Okay. I'm going to tell you. If you go back and biopsy and autopsy and go back and see what happened there, I guarantee you, even though you knew God, we watch it all the time. People who know God and get off the right path, they become futile in their thinking. And the, and the linchpin, the key right there is they stop giving thanks. And this scripture, if you'll follow on down and read it, and we won't take the time right now because I don't want to get into it all either. But if, if you'll see this here, they stopped giving thanks. They knew God stopped giving thanks, became futile in their thoughts, got off the right path. And then scripture shows a slide, a digression. It names 24 specific sins. All of them come up out of the heart. None of them without penalty. And it all happened because they stopped giving thanks. And so much we see in our world and in our culture today. Sin, 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 going down and down and down and down. It's because a nation who knew God still has on their money and God we trust. But we don't thank him for nothing. And we don't glorify him about anything. 
We like the safety if we need to and something happens to us, we can all rally together on the Capitol steps and say, God bless America. But I think at my house and your house and this address and wherever we would go, I think something needs to start to happen in God's people's hearts that they're looking for the little and they see the little and they give some thanks. If you're not looking for the little, then you're always going to need something big. And I've talked to people before who know God, love God. And how are you doing with God? God's not even working in my life, man. What do you mean God's not working in your life? I needed this big thing to happen and he didn't do it. And I was praying for this huge thing to happen and it did not happen. God is nowhere to be found in my life. And they arrive at that conclusion because their agenda and their rescue plan didn't happen the way they planned. And God has bigger timing. God has bigger purposes. God, God knows a whole lot more than you or I all put together. No. And so people would equate, well, I didn't have a miracle. So there is no God in my life, but I want to draw you back to something we talked about earlier. Look for the little and give thanks. And when you give thanks, you're going to be keenly aware of God's active presence, goodness, and power in your life. So I'm charging you today and and do this toward God, but also do this toward people. Stop taking one another for granted. Husbands and wives, don't take each other for granted. I watched a hilarious thing on TV last night with Bill Cosby talking about husbands and wives. And it's a new thing. And it was just his wisdom and his humor. And he's talking about how things change from when she was your girlfriend you know, to now she's your wife. And I, you know, I think part of what happens is we stop celebrating each other. And we stop saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And don't minimize. Don't think that that doesn't matter. Let's give thanks to God. Let's give thanks to other people. And you know what? If I were God, how many of you know are glad I'm not God? (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're not God too. Okay. But if I were God and I did something little for you and you didn't thank me, fine, have it your way, Burger King. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be on my own with this. Neither do you. Let's not have hard hearts. Let's look for the little. I want to say it again. Look for the little. Because if you're only looking for the big, it's going to erode your sensitivity. It's going to gut your faith. But if you look for the little and give thanks, it's going to heighten your sensitivity. It's going to fortify your faith. And giving of thanks, here we go again, giving of thanks keeps you keenly aware of God's active presence, goodness, and power in our lives. And let me just say this before I finish. He does plenty of big things. He does so many huge things. And we should make sure that we thank him for those things. But always look for the little. And you're going to find that the little is actually quite big. Psalm 107, verse 8 and 9. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. 
Verse 15 and 16. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze. This is big. And cuts the bars of iron in two. Verse 21 and 22. Oh, that men would give thanks. I hope we get the point. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Hey, this, this Thursday, I hope you have an awesome one. I hope you really will celebrate and give thanks. But let's go way, 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 way past a holiday. Let's make sure that this is a lifestyle of giving of thanks. Have a grateful heart so your heart doesn't go hard. And the best way that I know to do that is look for the little and give thanks. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today?